Hi, welcome to Dr. Colbert's Divine Health Podcast. I'm Mary Colbert. And I'm Don Colbert. Welcome. And we are continuing this topic on stress. And Don, you you mentioned in the last podcast that 75 to 90 percent of disease-related uh, issues that people go to see their doctor are directly resulted from stress, too much stress. Directly related to stress. Now, that's the medical journals. I think it's way higher. I think wow. it's 90, 95% or higher. Okay, so give us an example. So people are listening uh, to this podcast go, wow, that is my problem. You know, we often think, you know, well, I have this going on and we don't know why it is, but what, what are some Mary, examples? pretty much every body system that you can think of. Okay. For example, you think of a headache. Most headaches are tension headaches from muscle tension. And that's stress-related. That's stress-related. Okay. Most, most uh, muscle spasms are coming from stress or tension, Okay. as well as irritable bowel. Now, again, irritable bowel condition is where people develop diarrhea and constipation and cramping abdominal pains and passing mucus stools. That's usually aggravated and triggered by stress, as well as palpitations, heart issues, palpitations, even high blood pressure. We see a lot of high blood pressure patients. Literally, the stress makes it worse. Chronic pain makes it worse. Chronic pain is due to stress many times. I I remember a a patient not too long ago who came in with this high blood pressure issue. I remember this distinctly blew me away. I forget what his blood pressure was, but it was like really high. And you did a PK on him. That's for trauma. That's for PTSD. Right. And you did this procedure that you do for people that are suffering under tremendous stress and stuff. We call it PK. Anyway, you did his blood pressure right after the PK, and it plummeted. Well, it came I, down like uh, it was amazing. 50, 60 points. It was absolutely amazing because I remember when he released that trauma, and I'm not going to get into the particulars, but right. he had severe PTSD. And literally, I remember when I was doing this therapy, it's a trauma release therapy. We've been doing it for 30 years. I've been doing it for 30 years. Right. And when he released it, literally, he screamed out a blood-curdling scream. It was almost like a deliverance. Okay? <laughs> I know. Everyone in the office freaked yeah, out. I know. And I remember. Went, that's why I'm thinking about it. And he went limp. Yeah. And then, literally, all the stress was gone. All the trauma was gone. He gave it to the Lord. And that's what so many people are doing. They have not learned to cast their care on the Lord because he cares for us. And that's First Peter 5, 7. And so, so that's what I've learned to do is help people cast the care that they're carrying on their shoulders onto Jesus. And then all of a sudden, his pressure, blood pressure came down to normal. His stress went away. He had the peace of God that came upon him. And we saw a dramatic transformation. Okay, so give us some more ideas of stress-related well, issues. Also, it can cause anything. For, it can trigger allergies, a lot of allergies, or when you're in that third stage of stress, that exhaustion stage, when the Mm -hmm. cortisol level plummets, and then all of a sudden, all these allergies occur, and people start getting runny nose and sneezing, and it makes allergies worse when you're in that that exhaustion stage of stress. Wow. Now, you know, people are listening to this and going, what? Now, wait a minute. My my sinus issues is is Well, it weakens your immune system, too, so people start getting more colds and flus, Ah. sinus infections, as well as even COVID. It opens the door for COVID to come in when you're 
you're when you're under chronic stress, it okay. weakens your immune system. It weakens those natural killer cells, which are our first one of our first lines of defense against viruses and Makes cancer. Makes so much sense. It opens the door for cancer. It opens the door for heart disease. It opens the door for memory loss and age-associated memory impairment, even dementia. Because when you have high cortisol, again, when you're in that res- that last exhaustion stage of stress, it causes uh, well. I should back up and say in the resistance and the exhaustion, you have high cortisol that actually starts to damage the hippocampus where most of the memories are stored. And then when you go into that exhaustion stage, it even gets worse. And that's where many patients with dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson, opens the door for autoimmune disease. It opens the door for fibromyalgia. Now, again, I have seen so many people with fibromyalgia. We have helped tremendously. And at one time, uh, we used to have people uh, calling, and they would say, well, I've got fibromyalgia. I thought I had just a fibromyalgia patient because we helped so many with mm-hmm. fibromyalgia. And used to, years ago, I'd put these patients at the end of the day because I couldn't help them. And then the Lord showed me by sending me to study under certain people who literally had the answer, and I learned and gleaned wisdom and built upon that. And I found that most people with fibromyalgia literally had their stress response stuck in that resistance and or exhaustion stage of stress. And they also had usually an offense that was a strong offense and unforgiveness that was locked in, and and they had inflammation throughout their body. And what had happened is when you're in that resistance stage of stress, and uh, as well as the alarm stage, that adrenaline cortisol causes those muscles to undergo spasm, and they're stuck in muscle spasm. And so, for example, one lady, I'll never forget this lady, this was like 10 years ago, she came in the office, she had had fibromyalgia about 20 plus years, chronic pain, she was in such bad pain and spasms in her back and neck and shoulders and legs and thighs and all over her body, and she was on all these, all these muscle relaxants and antidepressants, and what had happened is she had gotten to the point where no one could even hug her, even a simple hug would just hurt her immensely. Well, even back then, I was checking hormone levels. I checked and I saw even though she was like in her 40s, she had no progesterone. No progesterone, which just so happens when you have high cortisol levels, the body steals progesterone to make cortisol, the stress hormone. And she was stewing in her own cortisone or hydrocortisone, which was high, too high. And so what I did is uh, back then I did PK, released her offense, had, took her through what we call forgiveness therapy, and she had a boatload of people she had to forgive, people she couldn't get away from. She had a Someone Done Me Wrong song she was singing and telling everyone, spreading her offense to anyone who would listen. And then I gave her a most unusual prescription. Back, back then I had, I had an office where people would go in and watch uh, funny DVDs. And I said, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to laugh 10 belly laughs a day. Now, it's interesting. The average child laughs about 400 times a day, but the average adult laughs 10 to 15 times a day, and some studies say only four times a day. I would say it's even less. Now, what I did is I said, I wanted you to start practicing laughter therapy. So I had some of the most funniest comedians. I had Jim Gaffigan. I had Brian Regan. I had all these funny DVDs. So I put, I believe it was a Brian Regan uh, DVD on who's a crazy funny comedian. Uh, I got to tell you a little commercial for him. If you have not gotten the DVD of his Walk on the Walk on the Moon, moon funny, hilarious. Folks, I am telling you, you have never laughed so hard ever. It's 
probably 10 years old, but you know what? It's relevant for probably today. Probably older, probably 15. Maybe, but I got to tell you, it's <laughs> one of the best belly laughing. It's clean, but it's real, it's real light. He just makes laughter it's just funny. It's just over funny. us, you know, people and who we are. There, there is so much humor. Can I share this? I got to sure, share go this. Sure, go ahead. It'd be okay for me since we're talking about belly laughter. And Suzanne Hen gave me permission to tell this story. Suzanne has recently, uh, she went through a period of time. It's a little bit scary for her. Um, she had been driving a car in a parking lot and passed out and hit a tree. Immediately, Don put her um, where she couldn't drive. Sue, we got to check you out. We, we, you know, it's not normal to just pass out while you're driving. And um, so he ordered a, a CAT scan and the uh, CAT scan of her brain. It's MRI. MRI. Uh, of her brain, came back showing she had five tumors. Uh, and, of course, the radiologist read it, and he felt they were just fatty tumors and that they weren't cancerous tumors because Suzanne had been in a plane crash um, 25, 30 years ago. Her and Benny had been in a private plane crash. So we were thinking that maybe these this came from that plane crash because she hit her head and almost lost her arm. But anyway, not to get off too much on that, she had a time in which this was a little bit scary, and I walked with her to her neurologist, neurosurgeon, to meet with them and stuff in order because we wanted to make sure um, that, in fact, these tumors were not cancerous and that they were benign and to get the neurosurgeon's opinion. So we go in to the room, and we're sitting there, and Sue starts getting giggles. Now, folks, we're, she's been diagnosed with tumors, and we're sitting here waiting for the neurosurgeon. And she starts giggling and laughing. And I looked at her, and I said, Sue, what is so funny? <laughs> because I'm thinking, you know, most people would be, like, beside themselves No, but I told her. I told her now, Mary, that these know, have the appearance of benign no, lipomas. I know. I know. Yeah. I said that. I said that. But still. Still, irregardless, you got five tumors in your head and you're waiting to talk to the neurosurgeon and all of a sudden she gets the giggles. And so I looked at her and I said, Sue, what is so funny? Because I'm like, I'm having a tough time finding any humor in this. And she goes, Mary, you would never believe how many phone calls I have gotten from people saying, oh, Sue, whatever you do, don't have surgery because... My aunt had the surgery, and she's now paralyzed on one side of her body. And then I got another phone call from another person. My brother had it done, and, and now he can't see out of his left eye. And she is cracking up laughing. And I said, Sue, she goes, I said, Sue, you have got to be kidding me. People think that they're giving you comfort by calling you and giving these Oh, I had this horrible... Well, they're folks, warning her. They think they're doing her a service, <laughs> warning her. But folks, if somebody's going through something, don't add like, to their stress. It's kind of like Job's friends, you know? <laughs> Job's friends. Folks, this is a true story. It was really real. And I just thought, people have no idea. If, you, if, you, if you're going to try to be comfort... Don't add to the stress. Right, but it's let me get back to this lady with fibromyalgia. But the laughter. Yeah, the laughter. My point was critical. the laughter. Yeah. She's sitting there, and she is laughing, and she had it totally reframed. That's great. And it's looking healthy, at it very in a healthy way Absolutely. and laughter. And sometimes you're just going to have to pull back. So anyway, I just wanted to tell that story. Well, anyway, this lady, when I took her in this room with her daughter, 
she said, wait a sec, I've not laughed for over 20 years. And I said, well, that's why you got fibromyalgia, because you had all this offense. We had to clear the offense out and the trauma, and then she could literally uh, receive the, the peace that she needed in order to start laughing again. But she hadn't laughed. Could you imagine for 20 years, hadn't mm-hmm. laughed at all or smile? Now, when I saw this lady, she had that droopy, sad countenance where literally she had that frown on her face, frown. And I said, I want you and your daughter to send in here. And I told her daughter, I said, I want her to listen to this, and you may have to replay it until she can start laughing. I want her laughing. So they sat in there, and they listened to this crazy comedian. I forget who it was. It may have been Brian Regan. I'm not sure. But anyway, afterwards, it was like an hour Afterwards, they came out, and she had laughed, and she had laughed, and she had not laughed like that for over 20 years. The daughter said, I can't believe this. She says, I have not seen my mom smile or laugh for 20 years, and she was laughing. Now, what happened the next day, the daughter called. She said, the weirdest thing has happened. My mom is in terrible belly pain, and she's in terrible pain in her face. I don't know if she got Bell's palsy or what's going on. I said, well, let's check her, bring her in here. So they brought her in here, and I examined her. And I said, oh, my goodness, these belly muscles are so tight because you've not laughed in so long. You've worked these muscles like doing 100 sit-ups. You've had so much belly laughter. And I said, where are you hurting in your face? And her, she had not smiled in so many years, had not worked those muscles so long. Literally, those muscles were just severely fatigued and strained from smiling. I said, relax, you're going to be fine. Just keep laughing. And all you have to do is put a little heating pad on that, and you'll be fine. You don't need any more medicine. And so it's amazing. She practiced belly laughter. She practiced gratitude. We have her, had her write out a gratitude journal, what she's thankful for, all the things she's thankful for. She was able to overcome fibromyalgia by simply uh, giving up the offense, getting forgive, you know, forgiving these people, and then practicing belly laughter and an attitude of gratitude. It was amazing, Mary. Wow. I, you know, that's an important step that people have got to practice is because it's easy in this world of, you know, tribulation where everything is just, it sounds like it's just spinning out of control. It's good to refocus and focus on what is good. You know, the scripture says, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, think on these things. And it's, that takes discipline, folks. That takes discipline to corral your mind and to corral your thoughts. Because do you understand what you're thinking is what creates a good amount of your stress? So you've got to start viewing stress like you would a cobra snake. You've got to think of that like a deadly snake. Stress is like a deadly snake. You want to avoid stress in any way you can or cope with it or find ways to deal with it. Exercise. Exercise is really important. Cardiac, a walking, riding a, a bicycle, that burns up some of your stress chemicals. That's real important. Moderate exercise. I used to take it to the extreme I used to stress my body too much by doing extreme exercise, and as a result, I was hurting my body. I was overtraining. You've got to slow down. Remember, Jesus never got in a hurry. 
He never, he, and, and so I tell people, get in God's rhythm. And that's what I had to do in order to break my stress because I was too busy. And busyness, uh, we have in this country a condition called affluenza. Not influenza, affluenza, mm -hmm. which is the dogged pursuit of more and more. And when that happens, we get more and more things. And so things break down. We have to fix things. We then many times get in debt with our credit cards, and it starts a whole cascade of events that creates more and more stress. We have to break through that, and the way we do it is getting in God's rhythm. But there are some amazing things uh, that we know in research that joy and laughter do for us. I didn't realize this years ago, but when we practice gratitude, when we practice smiling and laughing and gratitude and joy and playing with kids and mindfulness, which is enjoying the present moment, we are getting in God's rhythm. Instead of most people, they're, in their own, they're not in God's rhythm. And a great example is uh, Mary and Martha. Remember Mary and Martha in Luke? It tells us about when Jesus and his 12 disciples went to Lazarus' home and his sisters were Mary and Martha. And there was Mar Mary who was sitting at Jesus' feet, and she was just listening to Jesus. And then there was Martha busy preparing dinner for everyone. And so Martha got perturbed at Mary. And so she came up to Jesus, and he, she said, Don't you care that my sister Mary is not helping me? And tell her to get up and help me. In essence, pretty much that's what he said. And Jesus just looked at her and said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and concerned about so many things, but Mary has found the important thing, which is sitting at my feet and being in my presence, because in my presence is fullness of joy. And he says, and it won't be taken away from her. We are interested in busyness and doing, and Jesus wants us to just be, be in his presence. But, Mary, I'm so excited about these major things that joy and laughter do for us. You know, I have to interject here, though. We're not going to um, make that an excuse for people to be lazy. Mm -hmm. um, some people would like to take that advice to the extreme to say, well, that just gives me an excuse to just sit and read the Word and med meditate and all of that and not take care of day-to-day -day life. That is not what we're saying. Um, so don't use that as an excuse to be lazy and to not take care of your children, your home, uh, your <laughs> job. Right. Don't neglect your duties. Right. Don't Absolutely neglect. right. That is not what the Lord was referring there. Um, there's a moment in time in which you must set aside time to be with him. Yes, absolutely. And that's an important thing that you need to do. If you're too busy to not spend time with him, you're too busy. So, um, but yet we're not saying to use that as an excuse to neglect life's duties that we have. Now, what I'm talking about here is belly laughter, when you have belly laughter, it's the most powerful form of laughter because it literally relieves stress. It lowers your cortisol levels. It lowers your adrenaline levels. It puts you in a state of relaxation, and it literally shuts down this stress response, and it turns off the alarm and the resistance stage of stress. Now, if you're in the exhaustion stage, like many people with fibromyalgia, it's going to take getting to the root, which means you've got, got to release the offense. And almost always those patients with fibromyalgia have an offense. 
And it's interesting. I had a, a nurse practitioner years ago who had worked for me, and this was like 25 years ago. And I taught her how to do my uh, trauma therapy. And she went to her uh, meeting with her nurse practitioners, and uh, they said, well, what kind of patients do you treat? And she says, well, I treat a lot of fibromyalgia patients, and we take them through this trauma release therapy where they release their offense. And the craziest thing happens, most all of them improve, and many of them get well. And they said, that's really strange, but I'll never forget her telling me that. But the reason is because when you do release that trauma or that offense, you can literally start to invoke the relaxation response where the body starts to heal. But the first thing that laughter, belly laughter does, it relieves stress and tension, and it enables one to relax unless you have that offense. We're going to talk about that later when we talk about deadly emotions. It also helps to improve stress, excuse me, sleep. If a person is having problems sleeping at night, if you will watch a funny movie or a funny show, and that's what we're doing last night, we watched this funny, crazy movie where we laughed and laughed and laughed, and you just sleep so good at night when you watch a funny movie. Now, when we watch, I love action movies, but when we watch an action movie, it gets your adrenaline going, and many times it messes your sleep up. So it's best, again, at night to watch a good funny movie where you're laughing or a funny TV show. And many times we have to watch these older TV shows, you know, Candid Camera and things like that, because, again, the shows nowadays have so much filth in them. So you don't want to meditate on that. But also another thing uh, belly laughter does, belly laughter, not just ha, ha, ho, ho, he, he, but belly laughter, it helps to control pain and improve pain. In fact, there was a man, Norman Cousins, years ago, and he was the editor of the magazine, The Saturday Review, and he had the most um, painful condition, autoimmune condition, called ankylosing spondylitis. Well, uh, Norman, and that's like the most painful thing you can be diagnosed with. It's a with. very painful autoimmune disease, and he had read how uh, negative emotions can make disease worse. So he thought, he says, well, if negative emotions can make diseases worse, can't positive emotions like laughter improve diseases? So what he started doing is he started getting uh, old um movies of like the Marx Brothers and Candid Camera, and he found out that 10 minutes of belly laughter gave him two hours of pain-free sleep. So he started literally taking belly laughter like medicine and watching these funny movies, and he was able to literally turn off the pain response, and eventually he overcame this horrible condition, painful condition, ankylosing spondylitis. It was so amazing that Harvard did an article on him and he wrote uh, a book uh, on this subject, and then he actually uh, was able to teach people how to overcome painful diseases by practicing belly laughter. And literally, they, they set up uh, a program at Loma Linda University using a lot of what he taught. So it's, it's amazing how belly laughter helps with painful conditions. But also, people have shown that people who laugh regularly are 40% less likely to have a heart attack than those who do not laugh on a regular basis. So laughter is actually good for the heart because what it does, it opens up those blood vessels. When you're stressed, 
and angry and irritable and frustrated and offended, it constricts your blood vessels. But when you have belly laughter, it dilates your blood vessels throughout your body. It's like internal jogging. So those people that hate to exercise or walk or whatever, I tell, I tell them, do belly laughter. It's like literally internal jogging, but it dilates your blood vessels. It'll, it'll help your heart. It'll help blood flow throughout your body. Uh, laughter also um, helps prevent divorce. And I tell people, couples that laugh together usually stay together. Couples that pray together stay together, but especially couples that laugh together. So many couples have quit laughing together. And laughter is the glue that keeps the relationship peaceful and harmony and keeps the couples together. And I've seen this over and over. When we get them laughing together, it's amazing how that heals couples, relationships. Also, Mary, did you know laughter is good for the brain? Mm, good. And with all this problem with so many people getting dementia and uh, age-associated memory impairment and problems like that, Laughter is one of the best medicines for the brain, and it's also uh, a, a merry heart does good like a medicine, we know, according to Proverbs chapter 17. But when we laugh, we use the right side of the brain, and most people use mainly the left side of the brain. That's that logical area of the brain. But laughter gets both sides of the brain involved, and the right side is used for problem-solving. So it's amazing how some people, when they can't figure a problem out, they'll go out and practice some belly laughter, and boom, they engage that right side of the brain, and they're many times able to come back and solve the problem. That's good advice right there. And it also helps prevent anxiety and depression by balancing these uh, neurotransmitters. So many people have neurotransmitter imbalance, and they're craving sugars, carbs, and starches, or they're craving adrenaline activities that boost the adrenaline, that gives them energy. And there's so many people, like we heard of one kid who's uh, in his 30s, and he's jumping out of airplanes because he's hooked on adrenaline because it makes him feel really good. Well, a lot of professions are adrenaline uh, professions, like people that are ER docs or ER nurses. Uh, they are hooked on adrenaline many times as well as firefighters, they're hooked on that adrenaline. When they, that fire bell goes off, boom, that adrenaline kicks in. But that adrenaline is a double-edged sword. It causes all kind of problems because they get stuck in that alarm stage and then the resistance stage, and all of a sudden, then they start inviting heart disease and high blood pressure into their bodies. But again, uh, what, what I'm saying is what we need to do is we need to slow down. We need to get in God's rhythm. And we need to practice living in joy and laughter and gratitude. Also, uh, what, what uh, besides depression and anxiety, it helps with those conditions. It also lowers cortisol levels when you practice belly laughter. It lowers cortisol levels by about 40%. Now, cortisol is that part of that dynamic duo of hormones, cortisol and insulin, that causes belly fat. But belly laughter will reduce cortisol by about 40%. But the other stress hormone, adrenaline, it reduces it by about 80%. Now, adrenaline is that hormone that constricts your blood vessels. So that's why belly laughter, the people that live the longest, generally speaking, without, with minimal disease, are the ones that practice belly laughter. And you say, well, how do you know? Well, look at Bob Hope, George Burns, and Red Skelton. All live to be 100. <clears throat> excuse me. All live to be 100. But you know what they all had in common? 
Well, one thing is there could be a lot of people listening that are young people and have no idea who you're talking oh, about. Oh, okay. Well, let's tell uh, Bob Hope. Everyone knows Bob Hope. But George Burns and Red Skelton all lived to be 100, but they were all comedians. Okay. And they all laughed. You're right. A lot of people are too young to remember but them. They're like, who is he talking about? But these are centenarians who lived to be 100, but what they all had in common. Now, George Burns, you always saw him smoking cigars and always with a martini glass. He, You know, he, he, he lived not a very healthy lifestyle, but one thing he did do is he laughed and he joked. And as a result, he lived to be 100, even though he broke almost every other health rule, I think. But that was the key, as he practiced belly laughter, and look how long he lived. Uh, one of the most common ingredients uh, for people that lived to be a ripe old age is they were joyful people who didn't take life too seriously, who laughed regularly. Don, I, that is worth repeating. People take life too stressful in the sense of they take it too literal. <laughs> they too, do. It's You're right. It's like lighten up. Slow down. Enjoy the ride. You know, Absolutely. Really, because, you know, I don't care what is going on. This too shall pass. Absolutely. It, it is just a brief moment of whatever it is that's going on. It's not a forever situation. And I just don't think it's worth your health. To just go there and allow stress to eat you up and worry and because it will come to an end. It will change. Nothing remains the same. I mean, you can bet on it. Everything changes. I mean, like right now with our um, situation in our country with the man who is sitting in the white off the uh, White White House. Folks, can I tell you? There is an expiration date on that guy's uh, Amen. Uh, foot and forehead. <laughs> he he is not planted there forever. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There is coming a time that he will be out. And uh, so it's like just, just reframe your thinking. Reframe right. your thinking. Another thing that's really good is... Um, God's got our country, and you got to believe that. You got to believe whatever's going on now, it's going to turn around. I have so believed that with everything that's in me because the body of Christ is rising up and they are doing what they need to do, voicing their voice and getting involved, which is an important part. But another thing that's just good, Don, and we've only got a few minutes, is getting a massage. Oh, absolutely. That, Massages are great. Well, that's what folks. happened to you years ago yeah. with that pit bull attack, remember? I'm telling you, help you relax. People need to relax. Don't take life so serious, but a massage is amazing. A massage will actually invoke that stress, uh, will stop the stress response and invoke the relaxation response. So uh, deep tissue massage, great, as long as it doesn't hurt. Now, if you're hurting, I've had people get a massage and they say, oh, my goodness, I am hurting worse after the massage. So it needs to be a good gentle massage, not too strenuous. And, again, it just really relaxes the body. But one other, And there's ways to get the massage done. It's professional sure. and good. So if you've never had one because you're maybe a little too religious. Or you can get um, a hot stone it'd massage. It'd be good for you right. to just give it a shot because um, right. that may be just the thing you need is <laughs> a right. good massage. But Mary, you hit a key okay. button. So much stress today, and I see this in my patients. They come in and they're so worried about the political atmosphere of where we're going. They're stressed mm-hmm. that, oh my goodness, we're losing our right. country. No, and we, we're not. we like to explain we're to you, losing. in the days of Jesus, it was the worst time 
ever. They were living under Roman rule. And here was Jesus. Mm -hmm. He never talked about politics. Mm -hmm. He never did. And that's what we have to do. We got to get our focus on the word of God and on the peace of God and not worry. God's got all this. He's known all this. Now, Jesus says in Matthew, and I was just reading this the other day, he says, a house, a nation divided against itself cannot stand. Mm -hmm. Cannot stand. You're right. Okay. So in reading that church, so what is our answer? Our answer is the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, because we have a party that has completely uh, abandoned God, God. So we have got to begin to really preach the gospel to the Democratic Party, people in the Democrats and the church, get the the church church. to turn out and vote. Yes. And get back to God, get back to God, get back to God, because that is the only thing that's going to unify us is the gospel. Absolutely the gospel right. is what unifies people. A fear of God. They have completely abolished their fear of God in their mind. They've so abandoned the fear of God. They really have. And so what we've got to do in order to get united is we've got to unite under um, one nation under what? God. God. And Absolutely. so that is what we've got to get back to. And I believe we can do it. I believe we can do it. I believe we will do it. And... Um, I've got joy about it. Amen. And one other thing stress does, let's leave you with this. It improves your immune system. There's so many people worried about COVID. I see them come in my office, COVID this, COVID that. Laughter increases your natural killer cells, which protect us against viruses and bacteria and even cancer. So when you are belly laughing, guess what you're doing? You are supercharging your immune system. Now, again, you say, well, I can't, I don't feel like belly laughter. I don't feel like it. Well, again, you enter into his courts with thanksgiving into, or into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. You activate it by gratitude, thanking him, an attitude of gratitude or thanksgiving. That's how we do it. And I remember when you had the prayer call, you would always start your prayer off with thanksgiving and gratitude and appreciation. That's, and that's absolutely the critical Uh, The word of God says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving, not murmuring, complaining, crying, begging. He says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That is the secret to entering in to the heart of the father. David, King David knew it. And Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. And I believe with my whole heart that that's why he was known after his own heart. We have a website, drcolbert.com. Please go to it and you can download our, um, you can download our podcast and we can, um, we have a product called Hemp Oil Don. And this is a great uh, supplement to help people just kind of calm calm them them down. down. It relaxes. Many times it'll help relax the muscles. It'll turn down and many times turn off that stress response. It'll calm you down and enable many to sleep. And we, a lot of patients love this product. They do. And I can tell you, folks, we have people buy six bottles at a time. And so sometimes we have a challenge of keeping it in stock because so many people swear by it. I mean, I don't use it. I don't need it. You can't get addicted but, to it. But it's the stories I've heard from people, they just love it that, you know, who have a, you know, a lot of stress in their life and they have a difficult time trying to cope. Um, they said, man, Mary, you just don't understand. I can tell the difference. It feel the difference. And, and that's okay. Hey, I'd rather you be doing that than, you know, doing drugs or drinking alcohol, right? 
and having to be stuck <laughs> on uh, medications. So nice. it's nice that the Lord has provided things that are more natural to calm people and um, help them out with this stressful time. This journey we're on together called life. So, But we can slam the door on stress. Simple things we can do. Practice gratitude. Practice belly laughter. Yes. Also, practice uh, mindfulness. Get into God's rhythm. Don't be a Martha. Not don't be lazy, but don't be a Martha where you're just working, working, working. Slow down. Get into God's rhythm. Be more like Mary. Get in God's presence. And then don't get stuck in affluenza, the dogged pursuit of more and more. Start pursuing more of God and less of the world. Real simple. Thank you for listening. And um, we are going to continue this topic on stress less and our next topic. You're going to enjoy this next one as well. God bless you. See you you later. Till next time.